0: Uh, But, you know, on our first Wednesdays, uh, we always talk about our house habits, our house habits. And, And if you are going to build a sturdy structure, then that requires a firm foundation. And that's what habits really are in our lives. Our habits are our foundation. Strong habits create a strong foundation in your life. And if we are going to be effective disciples for Jesus, then we must have discipline in our lives. You cannot separate discipline from discipleship. It is so tied into even the root word that there is no way that you can separate the two. And Jesus has called each and every one of us to be disciples. And if we are going to be disciples of Jesus, then we must be displaying discipline in our lives. And this is what I have discovered about discipline is that discipline thrives in habits. When you build habits that reinforce your discipline, discipline will begin to thrive in your life. So if discipline thrives in habits, discipleship demands habits because you've got to have the right habits to get the right action in your lives. And I love this quote. Uh, This is a Roman poet, uh, and he says this, Habits change into character habits change into character. So you better watch your habits today because your habits today will turn into your character tomorrow. If you don't like the habits of your day, if you don't like the habits of your speech, if you don't like the habits of your thought, if you don't like the habits of your actions, if you don't like your habits today, then beware because your habits will turn into your character. And too many times we are waiting on our character to change or our desires to change when what we need to do is change our habits, which will in turn transform our character and our desires. So many times we we just want our desires to change, we want our character to change because now we say, well, now I'm a Christian, now I believe, I prayed that prayer, and I'm just waiting, I'm just waiting on my desires to change, I'm just waiting on my character to change. No, whenever you begin to change your habits, what begins to happen is that then your desires begin to change. It's just like anything else. Whenever whenever you you start doing things a a certain way, if you you start going to the gym and you start exercising and you start exercising, then what your body is going to crave is exercise because, why, you have been disciplining yourself in in that fashion. If you've been eating healthy for a very, very long time, then your body is not going to take well anything you put junk in it is not going to feel good you are not going to like that experience and 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 it and so what we discover in this is that our habits are really setting the tone and so my habits is what will transform my desires my habits is what will help me transform in my character john irving said this good habits are worth being fanatical about good habits are worth Being fanatical about. And if you put enough of the right habits into your life, I mean, let's talk about the habits of reading, of praying, of worshiping, of serving, of giving. Talk about the habit of of listening, patience, positive thoughts, kindness, compassion, courage. When we talk about those habits, and when those habits are forced into every day of your life, then your life will change. And let me tell you what, that's worth being fanatical about. Having a changed life is worth being fanatical about. Becoming a better person is worth is worth being fanatical about. Becoming more like Jesus is worth being fanatical about. Building a great marriage is worth being fanatical about. Having a strong faith is worth being fanatical about. It is worth being fanatical about these things, and so we have to begin to force our, the right habits into our life. If we are going to fulfill the mission of this church, which is creating Christ-centered, Culture-changing community. Come on, we love to say that together. Creating Christ-centered, culture-changing community. If we are going to fulfill our mission, then we are going to have to have habits. And can I tell you that community plays a huge part in that? There's a quote that says, The people you surround yourself with influence your behaviors. So choose friends who have healthy habits. The people you surround yourself with influence your behavior. So choose friends who have healthy habits. Maybe you've heard it said before, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I've heard it said before that the quality of your future will be the sum total of the people that you spend time with and that the books you read. The people that you are putting around you on a regular basis are influencing the person that you are becoming, and that's why community is so important, because when you put people around you that have the same habits that you do, that have the same desires that you do, that that, that are moving in the same direction that you are, when you put them around you, what happens is, is that it reinforces your habits, it strengthens your life, and together we are helping one another build a better foundation. Together, we are keeping each other on track. Together, we are reminding one another about who we want to be and what we want to accomplish. And that's why we always talk about habits here because habits are so important to our mission. Habits are so important to us being the community that we really want to be. And so we we kicked off January and we talked about We Live On and we talked in February We Love Big. And today we're talking about our third house habit and that is we protect unity. We protect unity. But before you can protect it, you've got to believe in it. Because you will not protect something that's not important to you. In order for you to protect anything, it has to be important. Last night, eleven fifty-five, I wake up to the the screaming sound of my fire alarm. Rawr, rawr, rawr. I mean, it it, got, it, it it just I mean it woke up, you know? Oh, what's going on? And I think it's like our house alarm. So I walk over to the house alarm, and I'm hitting, like, the code on there, and, like, it's not going off. And I'm like, what is the problem? And I walk out, I pick up my phone, and, like, normally the, the alarm people, man, they call you. Like, as soon as your alarm's going off, they call me. They haven't called me, so I call the alarm company. And, and they say, uh, well, uh, what's your address? And I'm like, uh, my address 103. And, you know, they say, okay, um, okay, well, the guy says, uh, sir, um, that alarm I'm hearing in the background, it sounds like your fire alarm. That's not your security alarm. Put the phone down, put my ear up next to that thing. I said, No, that thing's not making any noise. I looked up there at my fire alarm. Arr, arr, arr. Everything's just going crazy. I said, Thank you for your help, sir. The guy literally says, Good luck, man. <laughs> like, my house is burning down. Good luck. Best wishes. But you know what I did? I didn't just get back in bed. Why? Because my family is important to me. I've got to figure out what's going on. If the house is on fire, I've got to figure out. I've got to have a plan. I walked all through the house. I don't know what in the world made that fire on There wasn't a candle on. There wasn't anything. Are things going off? And then all of a sudden, like I just got to the end, and I was like, God, please. And then like 10 seconds later, it goes boop. I say, really? (laughs) But you you only protect what's important to you. If if it's not important, you're not going to get up to protect it. And so before we can protect it, we must first believe in it. And if we're going to believe in it, then it's important to us. So I just have a few things that I want to share with you tonight. Why why should unity be important to us? As, As a church, at North Point Community Church, why should unity be important? Number one is this, God commands it. God commands it. In 1 Peter chapter 3, I'm going to read from the Amplified version. It says this, finally, all of you, say all of you. you. Say that includes me. me. Okay, good. All of you be like-minded, united in spirit. All of you be like-minded, united in spirit, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, Courteous and compassionate towards each other as members of one household and humble in spirit. And never return evil for evil or insult for insult. Avoid scolding, berating, and any kind of abuse. But on the contrary, give a blessing. Pray for one another's well-being, contentment, and protection. For you have been called for this very purpose that you might inherit A blessing from God that brings well-being, happiness, and protection. God commands it. Finally, all of you be like-minded, united in spirit. He says that you would be members of one household. What does that mean? That you would understand that you are brothers and sisters and you are in the same family. Now we understand that in your family you, you can have some arguments and you can have some disagreements and you can bicker back and forth a little bit, but at the end of the day we are family. At the end of the day we are brothers and sisters. At the end of the day we will not fight one another, we will fight for one another. And that's what the writer here, Peter, is saying. He says, hey, don't forget this important thing. you got to be like-minded, united in spirit as if you are brother and sister because you're in the same family. He says, don't respond evil for evil. Don't respond insult for insult. But instead, he says, respond with a blessing. Respond with a prayer. And we need to know, when we respond God's way, God has a way of doing something for us. When you respond God's way, the way that he says, that why, that's why God is so good. God doesn't just tell you how to live. Whenever you live God's way, then you get blessed. It's not just because you just live this way and you got to live. No, God says, no, I want you to live this way. And when you live this way, then there's going to be a, a return of a blessing back on your life. And that's what it says here. When you don't give evil for evil or insult for insult, but instead you give a blessing and you pray, then what you inherit is a blessing from God. There is a blessing for those who protect unity. There is a blessing for those who work for the unity of the spirit and what is that blessing that you would have well-being Whew. that it would be well with your soul that, that you would be at peace that your life would be full of joy that it would be well with you that there, that you would be that, that in your being in your very core you would be well you would be happy. A blessing of happiness. That God would put a smile on your face. He would put joy so deep in your heart that your face couldn't help but respond. That's a blessing from God. And protection. That God would protect you and your family. You say, where did this blessing come from? It came because I decided that I was going to work for unity. It's how important it is to God. God commands it. Ephesians 4 verse 1. It says, therefore I... A prisoner for serving the Lord, Paul writes, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God himself. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. He says, live your life worthy of your calling and do not forget who called you. It was not your grandmother who called you. It was not your Sunday school teacher that called you. It was not your pastor that called you. You were called by God himself, and you need to live a life that is worthy of that calling. One way to do that, he says, is make every effort. He didn't say make an effort. He said make every effort. He didn't say give it one shot. Make an effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. That's not what the writer said. He said make every effort possible to be united in the Spirit. Why? Because protecting unity produces peace in our lives. It is not just peace between you. It is also peace in you, whenever you protect the unity of the body and you live a life that is worthy of the calling that God has placed on your life, then you are working and making every effort to be united in the spirit, every effort possible. Then what you're doing is you're protecting your own peace because whenever when, whenever I go against the peace between me and you, ultimately I'm going against the peace that is in me. See, you got to see this. This is the bond of the Spirit. And I can't treat you wrong and think that I'm going to get to keep the benefit of the Spirit. He says, no, you better make every effort possible to keep peace between you, to keep unity between you, not just one effort, not just two times, not just three times. You better make every effort possible, giving all you can give to make peace between you. Why? Because it's not just the peace between you that matters. It's the peace in you that matters. If you don't work for peace between you, then you're going to lose the peace in you. God, God commands it. That's why unity should be important. Here's the second reason, that Jesus demonstrates it. God commands it, and Jesus demonstrates it. That's why it should be important to us. Jesus tells the story that we call the story of the Good Samaritan. And it is the, the, the story of, of a Jewish man who, who who has injured himself, and he's fallen into this hole, and uh, the priest comes by, and the priest sees this man. He goes across to the other side of the road, and he's got too many important things to do, and he goes on his way, and, and then you got the next man that comes along, and he's a Levite. He he works in the temple, and he sees a man. He moves across the other side of the street because he's got appointments, and he's got things that he's got to get to, but then there's the Samaritan, and when Jesus is telling the story. The The Samaritan is the despised group. The the Samaritan would be, when Jesus probably said that word, there was probably a gasp in the crowd because they could not stand the Samaritan people. These these were half-breeds. These these were not of the same class of people that Jesus was speaking to here in the Jewish community. And he says, then there was the Samaritan, and he saw this brother down there, and he picked him up, and he cleaned off his wounds, and he bandaged him up, and he took him to the local hotel, and he asked the manager there, put him up in a room, and he paid for his room and he said if there's any expenses I'll pay you whenever I get back and he was made sure that this man was taken care of and at the end of this story this is what Jesus says in Luke chapter 10 now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits the man replied the one who showed him mercy then Jesus says yes now go and do the same. This was not just a story that Jesus told. This was the life that Jesus lived. Because we see Jesus talking to a Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4. We see Jesus engaging Matthew who was a tax collector and, and would not have been in good standing with the other Jewish people. And Jesus looked at Matthew and he says, I want you to come and join my tribe. Jesus was touching a man with leprosy and that was a no-no in the Jewish tradition. You never touched a person with leprosy and Jesus laid his hand on them. Jesus even even on the cross, whenever the thief said, Lord, uh, Lord, I want to be with you today. And Jesus says, you're going to be with me today in paradise. And and it was an amazing moment. The thief had no, had no uh, should have never gotten such a wonderful invitation. But Jesus said, no, you don't understand. These are the people that I came for. I came for those who were sick. I came for those who are hurting. I came for those who you don't think belong. I came for those who are not worthy. I came for those who do not, uh, did not come from the right family or did not come from the right country. That's who I came for. I came to change the whole game. And this is what Jesus demonstrated for us. And it's the reason that we should protect unity because Jesus lived for unity. And we can often mistake the call to unity as the call to uniformity. Hear me tonight. Many times we can mistake the call to unity as the call to uniformity, and we feel like people have to become like us and able to be part of us. That was not Jesus' message. Jesus' message was was never like that. You see, I want you, to, I want you to write this down. I want you to commit this to, to, to your memory. I want this to be something that just lodges into your mind and into your soul. Compassion is never compromise. Compassion is is never compromise. You aren't compromising your values to love, accept, and help someone who doesn't look like you, talk like you, or believe exactly like you. You are not compromising. You know what that's called? That's called compassion. Whenever you welcome somebody into your life, whenever you love somebody that doesn't look like you, whenever you accept somebody that doesn't talk like you, whenever you engage with someone that doesn't believe like you believe, that is called compassion. And it is not called compromise. And if Jesus was walking on the earth and Jesus was pulling people in from every tribe and every tongue and every ethnicity and every walk of life, if Jesus was pulling those people into his tribe, then do you know what I want North Point to look like? I want us to look like Jesus' tribe. I want everybody to be included. I mean, if there's a church where Republicans and Democrats can worship together, let it be right here at North Point Community Church. If there's a church when black and brown and white people and tall people and short people and skinny people and fat people and rich people and poor people, if there's ever a church that everybody could just come together and lift up the name of Jesus, let it be our church. Why? Because it's what Jesus demonstrated. And Jesus, Jesus demonstrated it so we could do it, not read about it. We don't just read about it and talk about it. No, Jesus demonstrated it so that we could do it. Jesus demonstrated here's the third. Here's the third reason the unity should be important to us, and that is that winning demands it. Winning demands it. We say, what is winning? Winning, winning looks like advancing the kingdom of God winning looks like fulfilling the Great Commission. We have an assignment on our lives to win. We have a mission on this earth to complete. It is called the Great Commission. You can read about it in Matthew chapter 28 when Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave us this Task. He gave us this assignment, and our, our our winning demands unity. This is what this is what uh, Jesus prayed in John 17. So he was praying for his disciples, and Jesus was praying for us in this moment. He says, "I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me." May they experience such perfect unity. Everybody say perfect unity. Perfect. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Our unity testifies to the validity of what we are declaring. Our unity As a body of Christ, it it testifies to the validity of what we are declaring. If we are declaring that there's good news, if we are declaring that Jesus saves, if we're declaring that God transforms, if we're declaring that there is abundant life, then let me tell you, if people can see it, it's a whole lot easier for them to believe it. But if people can't see it, then it's hard for them to believe it. And many people today have a problem with the unbeliever, but the unbeliever has a problem with us. Why? Because they don't see what we talk about in our daily lives. They don't see what we testify about. They don't see it. But if they could see it, they would say, wow, now I see some validity to their testimony. And the validity of their testimony is found in their unity and their love for one another. Winning demands it. If, if we're going to live that out, we're, if we're going to live in perfect unity so the world will know that, that, that God has, has, loves us the same way that God loved Jesus. Wow. Winning demands it. Why is unity important? God commands it. God just told us that we needed it. Why is unity important? Jesus demonstrates it. Jesus showed us how we could have it. Why is unity important? Winning demands it. Our goal says it's got to be present in our lives. So so how do we protect it? Now we know it's important. Now we know we need it. Now, we, now it's important to us. Okay, now we understand why. God demands, Jesus demonstrated, winning demands. Okay, now how do we protect it? Let me just give you these three things real quick, and we're going to close. Number one is take responsibility. Take responsibility. Romans 12, verse 17 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Take responsibility. How do you protect unity? You take responsibility. Why? Because unity will always start with you. As long as it is in the English language, unity will always start with you. Every time you open your dictionary, unity will always start with you. And if you leave unity to someone else, then you are already losing. But if you take responsibility and say, unity is my job, unity starts and ends with me then we are taking responsibility to protecting something that god says is so valuable and that is unity and this verse here in romans it says do whatever is right in the eyes of everyone do what is right in the do what is right in the eyes of everyone hey, let me just say this about the verse that doesn't mean you live for everyone's approval it just means that you can't live just the way you see it I want you to see that. We can put it back up on the screen. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Verse 17, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. That doesn't mean that you you live for everybody else's approval because we know that doesn't get you where you want to go because everybody wants something different. You don't live for the approval of everyone, but so many times we only live through the way that we see it. And he says here, no, 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 you can't do that. You have got to do what is right in the eyes of everyone, the eyes that are on you. See, you have to expand your vision. You need to see it from someone else's perspective. Then you will know what the right thing to do is. But as long as you are living life with your own perspective, as long as you are only living with your own opinion, as long as it is just you and no more, and you are saying, well, I just did what was right. Well, did you ask the other four people around you what they thought was Right. Well, no, I just saw it so clearly. I knew what to do. Well, did you ask anybody else what they were what they were seeing? No, I just I just said that. Did you ask anybody else how that came off whenever you said it? Did you ask anyone? No, because you because I, I just know, and whenever I know, I'm just gonna do it. But no, 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 you're not seeing it from everybody else's perspective. You've got to be willing to see it through somebody else's eyes. And then the verse continues on in verse 18, and it says, As far as it depends on you. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And we we love to use the excuse that says, "Well, you can't you you can't make peace with everyone." True, but you better be making peace with someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it just doesn't work for everybody. <sighs> you know, some people are just difficult. You're not going to be able you're not going to be able to make peace with everyone, Pastor. You know that. No, I I know that. But. But you can't can't use everyone for someone. You better be making peace with somebody in your life. Why? Because we're making every effort as far as it depends on you. What does that get back to? It gets back to what we started on. Unity is your responsibility. I've got to take responsibility for unity. If we are going to live in unity, it is my responsibility for us to be united in spirit. Here's the, the second thing that we have to do to protect unity is we've got to ask questions. We've got to take responsibility, and we have to ask questions. Why? Because communication helps create unity. A lack of communication cripples unity. Why? Because communication brings understanding, and understanding creates the bridge to unity. That's why communication is so important. That's why we ask questions. We ask questions to gain understanding. Because when we gain understanding, understanding builds the bridge towards unity. You know, this, this works in your marriage. All these principles that we're talking about, these is not just church principles. not just body of Christ principles. Not just, this is not just church lingo. This, work, this works in your marriage. If you want to protect the unity of your marriage, take responsibility. If you, if you want to protect the unity in your marriage, ask questions. What did, what did you mean whenever you said this? How do you feel about this? Is everything okay between us right now? Tell me more about what you were saying here. You see, whenever you begin to ask questions, then what you begin to do is you begin to gain understanding, and as you gain understanding, you are creating a bridge for unity. And you're not you're not asking questions to give answers, you're asking questions to gain awareness. Sometimes we think we're clever by asking a question because we can't wait to respond back to the question that we asked. We ask the question because we really want them to ask the question, but if I ask the question, then they get to give their opinion. Now I'm going to get to give my opinion. We don't ask questions so that we can give the answer. We ask questions so that we can gain awareness. I just have a hard truth that we all just need to come to grips with. Nobody cares about your opinion. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about your opinion. You know what people care about? They care about if you care about them. That's all they care about. That, that, that's why you get on, that's why you get on Facebook right now and everybody, everybody's sprouting all their opinions and everything, all this stuff going on on social media and on the media, everybody giving opinions, 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 and now we have our own opinion, now we want to give our opinion, but just the way that you don't care about anybody else's opinion, that's the way people think about you, they don't care about your opinion. You know what they care about? They care about, do you care about me? Do you care about my pain? Do you care about my fears? Do you care about my disappointments? Do you care about my future? Do you care about my past? Do you care about my kids? Do you care about my situation? Do you care about my stress? Do you care about my pressures? Do you care about where I am? Do you care about my life? Do you care about me? That's what people care about. Not your opinion. They just care about you caring about them. And you don't have to agree with people just to accept people. Are you willing to ask questions and listen to answers just for the sake of unity? Just for the sake of unity. Ask questions and listen to their answers and not feel the urge to give your opinion, not feel the urge to set them right. Just ask questions and listen so that you can gain understanding for the sake of of what God says is so important and that is unity. Psalm 133 says there is blessing where there is unity. There is a commanded blessing of God where there's unity and so I will listen to your opinion and I will keep asking you questions because it helps my understanding and the more my understanding grows about you and more my understanding grows about where you came from and what you've been through and how you feel, more my understanding grows, the greater unity I can have with you and I will listen to whatever you have to say. Why? Because I want unity so bad. Here's the the third reason that we have to protect unity, or the the third way we do protect unity, and that is we give grace. We give grace. Unity is best protected when we choose to give people the benefit of the doubt, believe the best in them, And determine that we will give grace no matter what. Say that again. Unity is best protected when we choose to give people the benefit of the doubt, to believe the best in them, and determine that we will give grace no matter what. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 says this. Always be humble and gentle. Say always. Mm, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make allowance for each other's faults. how do, how do you make allowance for each other's faults? You give grace. It's the only way. you you just give grace. you just determine, That the responsibility of protecting unity means that I just declare, I'm going to out-forgive you. I'm going to out-love you. I'm going to out-mercy you. I'm going to out-kindness you. I'm going to out-patience you. I, I I am just going to do whatever it takes because I will always give grace. It's not about me or you being right or wrong. It's about me protecting what God commands, what Jesus demonstrated, and what winning demands. So Because of that, I'm going to protect unity. And that demands that I give grace. It demands I, that I give grace when I don't want to give grace. It demands that I give grace when I don't feel like I should give grace. It demands that I give grace, no matter what the situation. Why? Because unity is too important. Unity is is, is too important. You know, we, we came out of our last uh, at the end of last year, last year in the fall, uh, in August, we did our our cultural conversations. And uh, uh, we just had a a conversation uh, about race in our city, in in America, and in the world. And uh, it was a tremendous conversation. Um, And do you you know that, I mean, there are people that left our church during that conversation because they didn't like what was being said. That's fine. You can leave. Why? Because you're not going to hold the house habit of protecting unity. If what we talk about here is too much for you, then you're not going to protect unity. So you're not going to live within the habit of this house. And sooner or later, that's going to be exposed, and you're not going to like it. And I, I just saw Jonathan Causey over here. And when, when Jonathan Causey came into town, uh, he was sharing this conversation with me. He, he asked a friend. He just moved from Houston. He moved back into the area, and he asked one of his friends. He said, hey, I, I need a church that has good worship, solid preaching, and that I can I can bring a black friend with me and nobody will take a double take. Do you know what the person told him? You need to go to North Point Community Church. <laughs> that person doesn't even go to our church. Jonathan doesn't even go to our church. Doesn't even go to our church. He said, you need to go to North Point. Why? Because we got a house habit. He doesn't know the house habit, but we got a house habit here. And that house habit is we protect unity. Because if it was important to God, it's important to us. And if God commanded it, we're going to do it. And if Jesus demonstrated it, we're going to walk in it. And if winning demands it, we're going to do whatever winning demands. And we are going to love one another, and we are going to take responsibility, and we are going to give grace, and we're going to ask questions, and we're going to do whatever it demands because that is our habit. That is who we are. We protect unity. Amen. Why don't you stand? Why don't you bow your heads just for a moment tonight. In just a moment, we're, we're going to, to take communion. And I, and I wanted to take communion at the end of service tonight simply because I wanted us to have this moment right here, this moment right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Man, I. I've got some things in my heart that, that that I need to deal with. I got some things in my heart that I need to get fixed I've got some things in my heart that I need to get right I've, I've got some things in my heart and I just I just need to get right before we before we take communion and you know, You know, I haven't upheld this habit. I just haven't, I haven't protected unity the way that I need to. Maybe in your marriage, maybe with your children, maybe in church, maybe across racial lines, maybe across other religions, and you violated, you violated the unity command of God. You say, I just, "I just know right now, I've I've got some things in my heart that I have to get right. Why? Because God commanded it. Jesus demonstrated it. Winning demands it." You say, Philip, this this message was really for me tonight, and you say, "I'm I'm ready to embrace unity. I'm I'm ready." I'm ready to take responsibility. I'm not, I'm not passing the buck on to somebody else. I'm not going to wait on somebody else to engage me, somebody else to forgive me, somebody somebody else to come and love me. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm taking responsibility. I'm going to be the one that asks the questions. Not for the opportunity to speak, but just for the opportunity to Listen. Because as I listen, I'm going to gain understanding, and that understanding is going to build unity. And you say, tonight, I'm, I'm going to be the person that gives grace. I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to continue to believe the best in them. I'm going to give grace in every situation, no matter what, because I want to protect what God demands, what Jesus demonstrated. And what winning demands and if that's you tonight say that that's right where I am tonight and I'm taking this message to heart and I will be one that protects unity come on if that's you come on will you just slip your hand up in the air